the actual substantial devotees of the Lord. They're very rare to be found in this world. But Guru Maharaj reminds us, there's another world where everyone is of that quality. And there's gradation still, but everyone is of that quality. But in this world, Sudurlaba Bhagavata Hiloke. Conception is the substantial thing. The objective world is the least aspect. It is conception where substance is to be found. The objective world is the world of misconception. But there is another world based on pure conception. So bhakti lata means a conceptual seed. The dust of the lotus feet, and when uh, plays Saraswati Tagore says, you know, duly, it means under the influence of that divine substance, which is personified in a particular devotional personality. Coming under their influence, beginning to see things the way they see things, through the devotional eye. Premanjana Charita Bhakti Velochanena doesn't say that the premic bhaktas seeing the paramatma in their heart. Young shama sundaram achintya gunasvarup. But the achintya gunasvarup of shama sundar Krishna is manifest in their hearts. The deep heart's core means their deepest plane of internal consciousness, wherein the swarup form, devotional form expression, the form expression of their devotion is manifest. We're all inconceivably fortunate to have even a remote connection with this plane, but by the grace of our Guru Varga, sometimes... In the words of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he said, what is that illumination? That momentary glimpse, like coruscating flashes of lightning, brilliance, where for a moment we may have a glimpse of that plane, of that higher reality, of the soul's potential and identity in that domain. But it's all a gift, the wealth of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So, that's Guru Maharaj's point. Can the infinite make itself known to the finite? Then how does he do that? Amnaya, revealed truth. It won't be acquired truth based upon pratyaksha or paroksha. Individual experience, collective experience. It'll be revealed truth. He'll make himself known. How? Through Sadhu Shastra Guru Vaishnav. Agents. As Gurmur says, the rishis, interesting that that word is used. The Sanskrit, it means like drishi, drishtva, to see, observe. So they're observers of reality, seers in that sense. Darshan means to see. It also means it's synonymous with philosophy and viewpoint, perspective. The Sanskrit word for to create is uh, sarshti or shrishti. Right? They're not creating anything, the rishis. They're, and even, just as a side point, great literary analysts will actually point out all writers in varying degrees are under the influence of other writers. No one's writing anything quote-unquote original. 
So someone even wrote a book called The Anatomy of Influence. How every, you can find someone is influenced by another thinker, another thinker, another thinker. It's like a guru parampara. You can make an original expression, but to say that you're just totally creating something without any influence running is a dishonest position. So the rishis, jnanas tattvadarshina, what they've observed, what's been revealed to them, they're expressing. They're giving vent to that. They achieve a state of what's called superconductivity. And without getting into the science of this, which I couldn't if I wanted to, the ideas we know, like wires connect, you know, like a copper wire or current passes through it, but they get hot because some resistance to the current translates into heat. But here we're told if these ceramics are reduced to absolute zero, they achieve a state of superconductivity. There's zero resistance to current. And so they become superconductors. That this is how to understand the depth of negativity and humility that is expressed by the Vaishnavas. Because on the one hand, there's no greater depth of humility being expressed. And at the same time, the output of current cannot be equaled or surpassed. So how is that possible? It's the highest level current that's passing through them and being expressed, and they're saying, I'm so low, so fallen. They become superconductors. So if we understand what Gromars is saying, is humility, there's no assertion, there's no aggressiveness in humility. Rather, it's the opposite of that. It's non-assertion to the point of offering oneself as an instrument. And the greater the depth of humility, it means they're approaching in this sense, absolute zero in terms of humility. Krishna consciousness is measured in an inverse to the degree that one is non-assertive, non-aggressive, and conceives of themselves in a low position, we can understand that is the outcome of being in touch with deep, higher magnitude of spiritual substance. So Kaviraj Goswami, what he expresses in his humility is painful to hear, but if we measure it in the inverse, we can understand he's approached the absolute zero, right? where there's zero resistance to current. Arjun has zero resistance to current. Srila Prabhupada, Swami Maharaj had zero resistance to current, the order of the guru. There's a current. Guru Maharaj sometimes calls it Radharani's suggestion. The suggestion comes for seva, and then ego uh, creates resistance and is thrown off in a type of heat, dissipation, whereas when there's zero resistance to that, as Prabhupada said in Vyavasayatmika Buddhi Ekeha Kurunandana, reading the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where Vishwanath glosses this as the resolute determination to offer oneself fully to the order of Guru. That's what Prabhupada did. That's what Kaviraj Goswami does. It's what Arjun does. Once in this regard, Prabhupada said, Arjun, he chants the supreme mantra. I think, oh, you mean the Hare Krishna mantra? Not in this context. He said the supreme mantra, Karishye Vachanam Tava. I'm prepared to act according to your instructions. Guru Maharaj the Gurudev, are you prepared to act according to my instructions or follow your mind? 
It's Bhagavad Gita. It's personified. These are not trivial dialogue uh, or conversation. It's very critical and important. Mati, Sangsara There's a reason. Everything's connected. They're not just random things being appreciated. They're all connected. So zero resistance to that current, offering oneself as an instrument, an agent. So Gurmaj says, when you give the class, we offer the flower garland to the book and then offer ourselves as agent for divine revelation. The book is posing as in a passive position, as a book, digital media, or any other way. But actually, it's spiritually conscious substance and a passive representation. So the devotees for whom the spiritually conscious substance is a living, dynamic, and accessible, palpable thing, they're offering themselves in service. This is the natural outcome of, of one's really has some appreciation. Just to talk so much about Krishna, this, that, or the other thing, unless one offers oneself in service, and not only directly, but gopi bhartur padakamalayo dasa dasa nudasa. And Guru Maharaj spells it out quite clearly. Not only slave, but slave of the slave of the slave, not even directly the slave. We know in, in uh, recording, MIDI, the musical instrument digital interface. So you have, what do you call it? The master unit and the other unit's called the slave. The slave does whatever you do on the master unit, the slave unit does. It's something like that, master-slave relationship. But we're very afraid to hear these terms because of uh, secular humanism. So we get nervous and start to sweat when we hear about slavery and master-slave relationship. But what we ignore is when Krishna says, If you become my slave, then I become your slave. The infinite comes under the control of the finite. That we fail to factor. Krishna is addicted to the love and affection in the hearts of his devotees. Ahang bhakta pradino hyasvan tantra ivadvija. Ninth canto, Ambarish. First canto, he said, Swarat, he's independent. We were saying, oh, that means there's nothing you can do. But here he's saying, in the presence of devotion, it's as if I lose my independence. That's how powerful Sri Krishna Karshini Chasa devotion is. That Krishna becomes, in this sense, powerless in the presence of devotion. The supreme powerful becomes powerless or becomes the plaything of the devotee. So the ladies of Vrindavan can say, Go, Paul, dance. Come on, dance. And Krishna starts dancing for their amusement. Guru Maharaj compares all these great devotees to different lenses. Through the lens, you can see what is otherwise invisible. So what was not visible or what was invisible to the naked eye 
through the medium of the telescope, what was remote and far, became nearer and clearer to us. So Gromers talks of the telescopic system, a series of lenses that Govinda is like a jewel in the palm of Rupa and Sanatan. And as they rotate the jewel in their palm, coruscating flashes of brilliance, perspective, realization, understanding are being revealed. Rupa Goswami showing one way, Sanatan Goswami showing in another way. Very beautifully expressed there by Baladev. So by hearing the devotional expressions of different devotees, different paths are open to us. Different aspects of what they say resonates in our hearts and gives us some encouragement to go forward. When we speak of sadhus, we mean those who represent these things. We want the association of those who, Krishna-loving people, the superior devotees, as this conception is coming from Chaitanya Charitamritam, from our Guru Varga. We consider the real sadhus like Gurudev, Guru Maharaj, Swami Maharaj Prabhupada. These are the three sadhus that predominantly we're focused on. And to the degree that their teachings are reflected in different servitors, we acknowledge that and we seek out that sort of association. We say, oh, what they've given is being expressed here. To not recognize that would be detrimental. It's not, sometimes people think um, it is... um, what is it? Being unchaste. No, we are chased to the lotus feet of Sri Guru. And as Prabhupada wrote in his um, Vyas Puja offering to Saraswati Thakur, he said, when we speak of the fundamental principle of Gurudev, we speak of something that is of universal application. Thus, there does not arise any conception of distinguishing mine from yours or anyone else. He said, there is one Guru. And then what? who appears in an infinity of forms to instruct you and me and all others. And Saraswati Thakur says, and the Brajagopi searching for Krishna, everything they see that could possibly help them, bring them in connection with Krishna. And there Saraswati Thakur says, wherever we see the lotus feet of Sri Guru reflected, we acknowledge that and accept that. That is not being unchaste to our guru, just as in the case of Srila Guru Maharaj. Sometimes people thought that of us, but we thought, what we've heard from Srila Prabhupada is pure devotion, is a pure representation of Krishna consciousness. I find the current here. He's saying this current, it is life-giving nectar. We're that dependent upon it. Sometimes, he said, like the current of a river. Sometimes it's very narrow. Sometimes it's very wide. But it's that current that we seek. And he gave another example. He said, uh, when they, they talk about the, there are some places where the Ganga enters the Jamuna and, or the Saraswati different. So they say, which is it? And he said, the saying is, it's the current 
So when the water enters the current of the Ganga, it's Ganga. When it enters the current of Saraswati, it's Saraswati. So we are, our serving life's necessity is to be in touch with that current, where that current is flowing. And so that's on the Saru side. Saru Sangha Satovare. Those in the same line, but who are superior, who are acknowledged as superior. I remember this is like in Los Angeles in 1981. I'm reading Bhagavad Gita. I'm reading the sloka. Mahatmanasthamanparta Devim believe that's it. But suddenly I'm reading this and I'm thinking of all the things I've heard from Guru Maharaj. Mahatmanas to Mamparta. Mahatmas. If you trace the Mahatma thread, great souls, who were the greatest souls? Radharani and Brajagopis, who are Devim Prakriti Masrita. Gopis, they're totally under the shelter of the Devi Prakriti. And what do they do? Bhajan Twananya Manaso. 24 hours engagement. Guru Maharaj says, only possible in Madhura Rasa. So, Bhajan Twananya, if to the extreme, must mean Madhura Rasa. Gopi Bhajan. So, anyway, I found these sort of concepts streaming out of the sloka. And I'm thinking, where did this come from? And then I realized, oh, because I'm hearing from Srila Sridharvars, all these other concepts, when I go to look at these things, new things are streaming out, new possibilities of interpretation. When we say acquire the proper angle of vision, what is that? Gopi Bob, the angle of vision of Radharani and Brother Gopis, how they see things, how they see Krishna, what is their method, Sharanam, how they're offering themselves to Krishna completely, without expectation of any sort of remuneration. Das kori beton mori deho premadan. What Guru Maharaj refers to as compounded interest. Like someone invests some money, then the interest comes. He says, what does a real capitalist do? Takes the interest and increases the capital. Now it, it draws more remuneration. Take that interest, expand the capital, and the interest will keep expanding, and the capital will keep expanding. So Guru said, that's the nature of pure devotees. They say, das kori beton means salary. Das kori beton mori deho primadan. Let, I just want to be your servitor with prem as my salary. And what is prem? Increased serving capacity. So when the interest comes, which we would take it to be enjoyment, ecstasy, or whatever, the devotee's taking that and increasing their serving capacity. So everything should be like that. Then that means sincerity can be increased as the, as Guru Maharaj would say, according to the inner awakenment of a devotee is how they view Guru, how they view Krishna, Radharani, the Brajagopi, the whole thing. And how we view what is the meaning of being sincere. How we view offering ourselves. Diksha kale bhaktakori atma samarpan. We're told really, what is diksha? We want to take it in a higher, more connotative view. 
If we read it, it's when Atmani Vedanam is achieved, when one totally offers oneself. Just as the Braja Gopi, it says, Saradamam Praditaja, Mam Ekam Sharanam Braja. Inverted, Braja Sharanam. What do they do? They're pulling babies off their breasts. They're letting things burn in the oven. They're throwing their husbands out of the way and running to Krishna. That's what they do. And they're the leaders of anyone who's seriously aspiring in the Krishna consciousness movement. No one was ever a loser for surrendering themselves. Ever. We're sitting here trying to calculate about it. That's a losing proposition, the calculative position. But no one was ever a loser for just utterly, totally surrendering themselves and becoming utterly and totally dependent upon Krishna. But we're, our faith is weak. But Guru Maharaj says, as you go east, automatically you're withdrawing from west. But as you start embracing Krishna conception, taking shelter, pursuing the path of a surrendered soul, Bhagavat Bhakti Tat Sarvamiti Utsri Jividerapi, Kankarjam Krishna Padaika Shrayatam Sharanagati. Actually, this will give you everything. Sometimes Guru he liked to tap, especially when he's like very happy about something, like tapping. And I sat at his lotus feet and he said, well, actually, <laughs> he said many things tapping on that chair. One was, I say, reality must be dancing. What do you say? <laughs> but that's a subject for another time. But this time, he said, you're familiar with the expression, no risk, no gain. And I thought, yes. And I say, that's what I've done. Look, I'm a good boy. You know, I risked everything and then I got your holy lotus feet and now I got it. So I couldn't be happier. Yes, I understand that principle and I, I didn't actually say all these things. I'm just filling you in on the mood. So, but he, Guru Maharaj, he, as Gurudev said, he's expert at setting traps. That's how he would defeat uh, his opponents and debate. And he would count. If he starts counting like this, that's like one fault, two. He's making a list of all the things wrong. And he's got them there. And then he goes through them again. And then he sets traps. And then you fall in these traps and you're finished. <laughs> but you're, you're happy to be trapped in the trap. So he said, he goes, I, no, you're familiar with this question? No risk, no gain? I'm like, yes, no risk, yeah. He said, and I'm thinking like, because that's it. That's everything. You risk and you get, that's the mood, Prabhu. You know, and he said, you know, but there's a higher stage. And I'm like, oh, really? He said, yes, it's called all risk and no gain. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Could you just run that by me again? Did you say all risk and no gain? And then Guru Maharaj, as I've fallen in the trap, and he's like, yeah. 
And I'm thinking, I need to read the fine print on this contract. All risk and no gain? Yes. Now he is really smart. Like he knows I'm totally bewildered because I can't understand how this is going to have a happy ending, that this is going to turn out well. So he said, yes. He said, that is Gopi Bhajan. That is the, the modus operandi of the Braja Gopis. All risk and no gain. Really? And he said, you see, because we think this world is the substantial thing, and we have very little faith in the spiritual, we think that the prospect being put forward by Krishna consciousness is all risk and no gain. Or the spirit of the world is made out of chenmoy, spiritually enriched consciousness, and enriched with what? The, the uh, ultimate expression of dedicating tendency. So because they think this world is substantial, I'm risking everything. And that the Krishna conception or God or what is an abstract thing you can't really get your hands around, arms around, although in Krishna conception you can. That should be like noted. Um, you think I'm risking everything and gaining nothing. He's saying, but the Braja Gopis, their mood is, you know, all risk, no gain. They're willing to risk everything. To gain nothing means they're, it's for the satisfaction of Krishna. Whatever pleases him. The last verse of the Shikshastagam. Asli Shiva Parvatam Panastamam Adarshanam Marmatam Kurotuva Yatatatva Vradatu Lamato Matprana Natastu Sareva Napara. I have no other Lord than you. And that means no other interest also. Not just like Lord as some kind of a word. It's just saying, you are who is important to me. How important? That if what makes you happy makes me sad, I'm okay with that. And then that, we think like, gosh, that you're trying, you know, to convince me that I should, my target should be making someone else happy, even if it makes me totally miserable. Right? Put that on the website. So you think, when you know, it appears to be all risk and no gain, because like Dali said, when they said, Dali, Salvador Dali, do you believe in God? He said, yes, but I have no faith. An honest answer. So you think, because we have no faith, we think it's all, I'm risking everything, and what am I gaining? But as when the association of devotees and genuine Vaishnavas, as your faith starts to grow, then the hold that this world, the stranglehold it has on the heart and starts to let be loosened. So he said, then you start to realize as the shift takes place, and you realize, what's here? All of this will vanish. It's only even, you know, this, this, talking about quarks and this, like it's not even really here in another sense. 
And it's just, <laughs> it will all certainly vanish. But we can live in the plane of our faith. So what appeared to be all risk and no gain converts into all gain and no risk. You didn't risk anything. It was only this deluded, egoistic imposition upon persons, places, things of this world that we thought we owned or meant something to us. So what we're trying to sell people on is the idea that you'll sacrifice yourself, be a member of the suicide squad, and everything's for Krishna, and if we're crushed by, you know, what he does, it's all good. We're No, we have to be honest, we don't feel like that. But the highest devotees feel like that. And really, truly, and that comes from no less than Srimati Radharani. And New Age thought, which is primarily under the influence of humanistic thinking, they're always putting emphasis on being positive. You should be positive, think positive, talk, uh, create a visualization, etc., and then you'll get a positive outcome. It all sounds good, but uh, there's something lacking there as well. Because they fail to understand the value of negativity. Negativity is good in this context. We have another context where we're saying, no, there's the negative and the world of exploitation and the neutral position, world of renunciation and the positive world of service. That's not how we're talking. We're in another context now. We're talking about current. Here, negativity in my talk right now means humility. So the depth of negativity means the depth of humility. What, what is the outcome? It attracts the positive Krishna. Right? Radharani is the predominated moiety, the supreme negative. Krishna is the predominated moiety, the supreme positive. I remember when, as a child uh, being given a magnet and two magnets. And knowing when you would put the positive, you can't put them together. They repel each other. But when you take positive and negative, they go, you can't keep them apart. That's what is meant. The supreme negative, Srimati Radharani, by her humility, her self-giving, her self-offering, her means, aradhana, aradita, means her way of serving is to offer herself, not to give other things. We think, oh, I'll give something. That's another type of service. What is wanted here is atma samarpan, self-offering. That is what makes her who she is, total self-oblivion and self-offering to Krishna without self-extinction. Right? That is irresistible to Krishna. He's drawn like a magnet. Krishna himself coming as a devotee to show this. And not just to show it, but out of intense you know, desire, eagerness has been awakened in him. It's the same, it must be true in the original. Not that his position would be any different. You could make the same case. Aparam kasyapi prane janam kutuki. That this curiosity was awakened in him. How? The outcome of what? Association with Srimati Radharani, the supreme devotee.
awakened the curiosity within him to experience her position. Guru Rupa Harim Gauram, Radha Ruchi Ruchavritam, Nityam Nomi Navadvipe, Nama Kirtananartanai. Guru Rupa Harim Gauram, the Guru Rupa of Krishna, meaning the one who's going to bring us in connection with Krishna through devotion. The Guru Roop of Krishna is Gauranga, Gauranga Mahaprabhu. They say, oh, he's come uh, uh, in the mood of a devotee. Which devotee? Which mood of which devotee? Radha Baba Duti Subalita, enveloped in the heart and halo of Radharani. That's who Gauranga Mahaprabhu is. And he's teaching, what is he doing? The, the sort of exclusive devotion that she alone, we're told, possesses, Mahabhav, right? But her kind of unconditional dedication to Krishna. Right? In the last sloka of the Shikshastakana, Asli Shiva Parvatam Panastumam, Adarshanam Marmahatam Karotuva, Yatatata Vavaradatu Lampato, Mat Prananatastu Saeva Napara. It's so beautiful. And this is the end of Sri Chaitanya Charitamritam and right? the Antyalila, the Shikshastakam prayers. And what is she saying there? Adarshana Marmahatam Karotuva. If it's pleasing to you, for whatever reason, you know, not to reveal your adarshanam, not to show yourself to me, not to reveal yourself to me. That's my happiness. I think, who can say that and really mean it? But is there some mysterious message there, even for the beginners, the lower section, for us? That because we're always, you know, pressing the holy name or the book or what, to give us something. We're trying to squeeze something out of it. But she's saying, if whatever your reasons are, you're not revealing yourself to me, you're not present before me, I'm happy with that. I'm unconditional. It's my allegiance to you, my dedication to you, my devotion to you is not dependent upon you responding in a particular way. That's what unconditional means. And Guru Maharaj alluding to Madhavendra Puri and his verse, Mugdhammam nigadantu niti nipunam brashtava vaidhikai. I forget exactly how it goes, but it ends on this line, uh, Govinda Pada Spriham, where he's saying, he has a list of everyone who's against the pursuit of Krishna consciousness. You know, whether it's family, friends, society, the social structure, whatever it is. You know, and you, think, and you can say, I've joined a cult, I've lost my mind, uh, I'm misguided, I'm uh, ignorant, you know, I'm not aware of the latest scientific uh, you know, discoveries or AI, wh whatever it is. But, and beautifully, he says, add one other thing. It because you can have this list of all the reasons why I should be discounted or be just dismissed as being foolish 
He's saying that I gave up everything for this pursuit, pursuing Krishna conception. He said, add to it, I don't have it. It'd be one thing, I gave up everything and I got it. He's saying, no, add this to it. I gave up all of you and all of your considerations and your world and everything that goes with it for the, the very thing that I have yet to achieve. He said, but I'm not going to budge an inch from my aspiration to serve, to achieve the holy lotus feet of Govinda. Govinda Padaspriham. It's very beautiful. So Srila Guru Maharaj will say, if, as an aspiring servitor, you can say, after all this time, all this energy invested, in, and it's varying degrees for various devotees, uh, practitioners, that I have nothing to show. I've achieved nothing. But I have no other shelter. I'm not interested in pursuing anything else. I'm still determined to go in this direction. And then Gurmara says, then you might be a devotee. <laughs> Even then, he wouldn't say, like, then you're a devotee. He said, then you might just be a devotee. Because that's the, the mood of the devotee. Adarshanam marmahatam karotava. Even with how will uh, fare through non-achievement. It's easy if you think you're accumulating something. Also, what is the parallel in um, Madhavendra Puri? This loka. Kim Karomiha. What, without, what will I do now? In your absence. So it's thematically consistent and you see a connection that devotion proper stands in the absence of connection. In the absence of the connection of Krishna and the absence of the connection of Guru. As Guru Maharaj says in Sri Guru and His Grace, this will be the true test of whether you're a disciple or not and the after disappearance of Guru or in the absence of Guru, how you're able to stand. Right? So that person who has this sort of singular purpose cannot be deviated from that. Even back to the like Shrotriyam Brahmanishtam, you know, Tasmad Gurum Prabhadyeta Jigyasu Sreyutamam Shabde Purecha Nishnat, Nishnata, Nishta. They're just laser focused on this one thing. Not their achievement, right? but their attempt to serve, however remotely, Govinda Padaspriyam, to serve the lotus feet of the Lord and through the agency of his devotees. And it is this lolium, hunger, hankering, they have that. Right? We are in a diseased condition. Right? Only by serving them through service, the sort of appreciation and hunger and hankering that they possess is transferred to the heart of the aspiring servitor. There's no other way. Only by serving such devotees, does this plane open up to us. It's not Janmakoti Sukriterna Labhyate. Not only saying, is there nothing you can do 
on your own to get it. It says 10 million births, Janmakoti Sukriter, 10 million births of accumulation of Sukriti will not give it to you. I think, well, that's discouraging. <laughs> but, saying, but come in connection with the service of the lotus feet of someone who has it, and it can be awakened in you by dint of that service. Crossed over. Guru Maharaj said, even the, generally, we think of a sequence, you know, Kanishta Adhikari, then the appreciation for the devotee, and then Shastric depth and understanding, being able to defeat misconception, that which is opposed to Krishna conception, the Madhya Madhikari, and then the Uttama Mahabhagavata. Guru Maharaj said, a third class, Kanishta Adhikari, can bypass the Madhyam second class stage by service to a Mahabhagavata. That's how valuable that is. Can, by dint of that service connection, bypass Madhyam Adhikara. Sakhayame mamanamostu namostu nityam dashayate mamarasastu rasastu satyam. It's similar. Yeah, and they're saying here, Sakaya means intimacy. Dasha, we have dasya rasa. So das goes from the prayojan tattva charja. It's also from Bilapakusamanjali. He's saying, and the way Guru Maharaj would paraphrase this, he'd say, if there is no superior servitor present, why would I enter that plane? It's one of the deficiencies of Mirabai who does not recognize superior servitors. It's always Mira and Krishna. No Radha, no Lalita, no Rupa, no Rati. So Das Goswami is saying, if there's no superior, what would I be doing there? My focus is on the least seva, like Lalit, that's the line of Lalita Saki, Radha Mukunda Parasamba Magarabindu, Nirmanchani Pukarni Kritadehu Laksham. The greatest magnitude of intensity for the least aspect of seva. That's the Rupanuga line. That's Srimati Radharani's. Then, but in answering the call of service, then other things are possible. It's all, that's why it's also Puja Laragapat, Gauravabhange. The higher, more intimate, that's above. We're concentrating here and what's before us when, and what's appropriate and accessible to us. If the call for seva takes us into that higher plane momentarily, we're prepared to answer that, but only out of genuine service necessity, not out of curiosity. And Guru Maharaj is saying, passport is insufficient to enter that plane. You need a visa. Passport is a general thing. Visa is specific. You're granted a visa when the visa granting officer on behalf of that country determines that it's in the interest of that country to give you admittance. Not that it's in your interest. That's already a given. It's understood. But when it's determined it's in the interest of that country to give you admission, you're allowed. And that's the way it is. When it's determined, then it will be in the interest of the upper world to call you there, to give you admission there, then you'll enter. Not because you're curious, or you think it's interesting, or any such thing. Or you have some intense hunger and greed. Uh, Lolyam is a double-edged sword. It's told to be a disqualification and a qualification. 
when there's the greatest magnitude of eagerness for seva, that's a good thing. But just the greatest magnitude of eagerness of her curiosity, tourism, spiritual tourism, thinking that world is pleasing to your eyes, mind, and senses as an object. You're taking yourself to be a subject and thinking the name of Krishna, the form of Krishna, the qualities of Krishna, the pastimes of Krishna, the abode of Krishna, taking them to be objects of enjoyment, that disqualifies one. We have to understand, we are an object. That is the super-subjective realm. And in Guru Maharaj's word, the super-super-subjective realm means the Aprakrita Leela of Krishna. So those who are substantially in connection with that, like the, the Prayojan Tattva Acharya is saying, I worship the, the intimate plane. That remains above as worshipable, and I'm focused on the service that is before me, happily. And this is from Das Goswami, who is the Prayojan Tattva Acharya, and has his secret identity in that plane. And he is expressing that sort of thing. So it's not something that's just targeting beginners. Like, they will be told to move along these lines, but uh, no, it's always and forever. And epitomized in Srimati Radharani herself, who is promoting others in the service of Krishna. I've mentioned that within days of joining Krishna Consciousness Movement. Uh, they're trying to encourage the new devotees, and there are so many Prabhupada says, and we're told that Prabhupada said when, and I might have heard this, when someone new comes that Radharani goes to Krishna and says, appeals on their behalf, Krishna, you must accept them. They're better than me, which is impossible and inconceivable, but that is her heartfelt expression and hinted at toward the end of Sri Chaitanya Charitamritam and the Antyalila where and Srila Gurumar is interpreting saying that she wants to promote others. And that in itself is a very beautiful thing. She wants to promote others for you can say direct service to Krishna. She's trying to arrange that. And the way Guru Maharaj portrays this is that she's saying, but in some instances, there is no one who can do the desired service except herself. A very like, type of sweet humility. But she wants to promote others. But her mood being reflected in the hearts of her servitors, they not only want to promote others, but really they want to promote her. Because they're saying, this will be beneficial for everyone. Maha, Bhav, Surupini, Radha, Takurani. No one can exact, extract more superior quality and quantity of Krishna than her. So by analysis, we can say, oh, these servitors of her, they're so tactful and they've created and strategic in their target, their goal. But out of gratitude, Srimati Radharani is sharing Mahabhav with them. 
which is beyond the constitutional capacity of a jiva to taste or experience even my direct connection with Krishna. By a jiva soul directly interacting with Krishna, they cannot taste what they can experience in Radha Dasyam. Krishna consciousness is mysterious and works in the inverse. And actually, we see in time, because of Mahaprabhu and the Goswami, Radharani is teaching everyone what is Krishna consciousness. We think, oh, there are these great sages, and one guy had a big long beard, and, you know, and he said this, and he had giant Tulsi beads, and another thing. No, Radharani is revealing Krishna. Her and her group, all the great devotees, there are her group. The shikshastakam comes from her. All of these things do, and ultimately, the real heart. What did that sign say? Information with heart? Yes. Yeah, we saw a sign. Information with heart. Not just information, but information with heart. Heart to heart transaction. In other words, no one has more heart than her. We're not interested in knowledge or information, but information with heart. And that comes from her. She's the greatest lover of Krishna. That can mean different things. One of the things it means is no one has more love for Krishna than her. So that means no one can impart more love of Krishna than her. The supreme served and the supreme servitors predominating moiety half, and Krishna's better half, the predominated moiety, Radharani, Srup Shakti, Hladani Shakti, and those fortunate jivas, they, under the shelter of the Asraya Vigraha, Sri Guru and His Grace, they get the opportunity to render divine loving service under her guidance and her serving group. The Rupanuga line. Vilasatu hridi nityam bhakti siddhantavani. So he's saying, vilas means play and divine play. Vilasatu hridi nityam bhakti siddhantavani. May the divine words and the kirtan and the preaching of bhakti siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, may that play in our hearts eternally. That's a devotee. That's a pure devotee. The master's voice is playing in your heart. That's what's happening to all of us. Every day 